0: Good morning. Just in case you've been snoozing this morning, or you haven't, or you've arrived late, um, the title of my message this morning is Called to Freedom. And um, God's been speaking to us this morning very clearly about how he has called us to be free. And this morning I would like to look at some scripture, I'd like to look at some background and I'd like to look at what that looks like in our day-to-day life. So if we could start, I'd just like to read a couple of scriptures, um, starting in Romans 8, verses 15 and 16. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. So, Christ has truly set us free. Now, make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. You know, we've been singing about fear, we've been singing about shame, and we've been singing about the power that's available to us in Jesus. This is the truth. This is the truth of God's Word. It's the truth of what happened at Calvary. I'd like to look at um, just a little bit of background knowledge. Slavery in the Bible, it almost sounds contradictory to a God of love for him to be talking about slavery. But there are a few um, theologians who talk about why God talks about Slavery. And the obvious one in the New Testament is because it so speaks to our, our spiritual state before we knew the Lord. We were in bondage. But in the Old Testament, Israel was surrounded by nations who were cruel masters, who, who captured people and treated them really, really badly. And all through Scripture, God talks about Israel being different. His people being different. We see in Genesis that Joseph was sold to slave traders. We see the story of Abraham, Sarah and Hagar and how Ishmael was born as the son of a slave or a servant. And of course, there's the story that we sang about today, the Israelites in Egypt and how God parted the Red Sea so they could walk through in victory. Historically, people have found themselves in slavery by being captured by an invading force. Through poverty, in a world where there is no social welfare, when there's not enough food to eat and you no longer have any belongings, the only thing you have to sell is yourself. Slavery was a result of some crimes. You were sent into bondage. Or as Ishmael was, born as the children of a slave. A slave is a person who is bound in servitude, one who has lost their liberty and has no rights. The power of slavery is found in oppression and fear, Keeping someone oppressed and keeping them in a state of fear is the power of slavery. Romans 6, 17 and verse 19 tell us we were all slaves. Slaves to sin before we came to Christ, before we were saved. The good news is that once we gave our lives to Jesus sin no longer has power over us we are no longer slaves we have been set free before we were saved we didn't know what sin was before we had a revelation before it was pointed out to us by a supernatural encounter or someone laying down their life and sharing for us sharing with us We didn't understand what breaking the law, what sin was. We didn't know what separation from God was. Yes, there may have been an emptiness. There may have been a struggle. There may have been that longing for something more. But until we got saved, we didn't know what that was. Until we had the revelation of the cross and what Jesus had done for us, we needed the law to bring us to a place of salvation. Yet the Lord didn't have the power to save us. We're saved by grace. It's not anything we can do. It is a gift from God. We are complete. Hayden was reminding us of that this morning. We are complete in Christ. The work of the cross and his resurrection has paid the price We don't need to do anything else but believe. That is the bottom line. You know, Paul was constantly addressing this with the early Christians. And when I felt like God put this on my heart, I thought, man, this is a big topic. (laughs) It's huge. We could preach for a year on this. And there are so many scriptures through the New Testament that talk about the fact that we are no longer slaves to sin. Paul constantly talked about it to the early church. There were those who said you needed to be circumcised to be saved. You had to follow certain rules. You had to abstain from certain food and you had to pray a certain way. And Paul was counter that. He said, remember, it is Christ who has set us free. He talked about the freedom that's been made available to us, to be free from sin and to be free from the law. He talked about it because he had walked it. He had experienced the liberating grace of Jesus touching his life. He talked about it because it was such a need in the church and it's still relevant for today. Romans 6, verses 14 and 15. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realise that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. The law was given to reveal sin, but not to redeem us from sin. The law reveals our need for grace, and grace saves us completely. Many of the the Romans began to introduce their own law, began to introduce their own little bits and pieces. But we know that God wants us to live in freedom. Yet for today, the struggle is real. The cross is complete. Jesus has set us free. But the, the, the scripture here where Paul is saying, don't get tied up again in the things that held you bound can so easily come upon us. We put things on ourselves that we think we have to do to try to please God by what we do and having certain rules that we think are necessary to be a Christian. And we find ourselves living in a freedom with limitations. It's when we try, when we assume that it's dependent on us, or that I have to do something to be right with God. Those sorts of things are sin, harmful habit patterns. They're obvious ones. But there's a couple that aren't quite so obvious. One of those is self that can sneakily be robbing us. My own agenda, my own perceptions, or self-preservation because of past hurts. Another really subtle one that can rob us is service. That's a really subtle one because God calls us to serve. And yet... It can subtly move from serving the Lord, or into serving the Lord out of a need to be recognised, or to have a place, to be accepted, to be good enough. About fear of failure, fear of what other people think, the fear of the future. The fear of our past. Keeping things hidden in case they catch up with us and what will people think if they really knew me. Fear of a diagnosis. Fear of not having enough. Those things are not freeing. They are crippling. And that's pretty heavy. That's pretty heavy stuff when we're talking about freedom. I was recently asked, and I sort of thought my instant response was no, but I was asked, is there anything in your life that's hindering you from stepping into all that God has for you? We've shared Shane and I are looking at doing something new, and parts of it are a little bit daunting And at that point, it was someone not in this church, someone who doesn't know us. I felt like it was the Spirit of the Lord saying to me, what is it that's stopping you from stepping into this? And if I was honest, it was fear. Part of the fear was, well, what will people think? Oh, this person will think this. This person will say this. And it started me thinking about that, how fear or my perception of other people was actually stopping me from being free. And not just from me being free, but stopping me from moving into a place where God has something more, a greater freedom, not just for me, but for the kingdom, for his blessing to flow. Living in freedom is a series of daily decisions to live for Christ, daily, to surrender to him, to live for him and allow Holy Spirit to work in our hearts. Let me reaffirm, once we are saved, we are free. But the working out of that freedom takes a lifetime. And we all know we haven't perfected it yet. If we have, we'd be in glory. We would be there. The, Paul encourages us not to be tied up again with the sin. Go back to the King James. <laughs> don't be entangled again by the sin that so easily besets. You know, don't get caught up again in the things that once held you bound. God has called us to freedom, but the devil wants us to stay in bondage. He wants us to stay in slavery. Romans 6 clearly says to us that whom we obey that is whom we serve. And our heart is to serve the Lord and to obey Him. But unfortunately, it doesn't mean we don't ever slip up, we don't ever make a mistake. So, this morning, I'd like to talk about a couple of things about what we can do to make sure that we are free and how that we maintain our freedom. You know, when we make a mistake, not if, when. When we blow it. If we find ourselves caught up in legality of, I've got to do this, I can't eat this, I can't do that, I must do this. Trying to measure up. When we realise that old habits have been plaguing us again, the starting place is on our knees in repentance Coming back to the cross, offering it to the Lord, knowing that he accepts us. 1 John nine says that if we confess our sins, if we bring them before the Lord, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This isn't a once at the cross thing. This is a lifestyle of bringing things before the Lord. Keep short accounts. Keep short accounts with God. Keep short accounts with people. Don't let things linger. Be accountable and vulnerable. And this is something I'm still learning, and I've got a recent example of... How to recognise the difference between the voice of conviction and the voice of condemnation. Condemnation sounds like, if you find yourself thinking these, these are not God thoughts. These are not God thoughts. I can't do this. It's hopeless. I'm hopeless. I've tried and I've failed. I give up. I don't care anymore. And I'm not good enough. We've all thought those thoughts. That is the voice of condemnation. The voice of conviction, where the Holy Spirit's speaking to our hearts, where He's putting His hand on our hearts, sounds like this. Yeah, God, it's hard, but I put my trust in You. Yeah, God, I don't understand, but I know that You're with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror. Our prayers are prayers of faith, and we declare with a loud voice, I am a child of God. Something happened at school recently, and I can't share the details with you. And just to say, I actually followed school procedure and policy, and I did nothing wrong, and I'm not in trouble. (laughs) But something happened on my watch that made me feel sick. And it was my fault, although I had done nothing wrong. Because I'm the teacher in the class, I'm responsible. And we had a very, rightly, very upset parent come to the school about what had happened. And I got told about this, that it had happened on my day in the classroom, and um, that the deputy needed to speak to me and find out what had happened. (laughs) You know, I felt sick. Sick at what had happened, but sick that that I was in trouble. You know, I felt the world was on my shoulders, and I instantly started to justify myself. And I instantly started to think, oh, what's going to happen? Where's this going to lead? And we had just done something at a Life Keys the night before about the difference between shame and guilt, powerful stuff. And I thought, hang on a minute. I made a mistake. Okay, the child's okay. Everything's fine. And, And I actually thought that's actually condemnation and shame trying to get on me. And I said, and that's not happening. And I actually prayed and I got some freedom in it. I thought, Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? So I went into the meeting with the deputy and I wasn't trying to justify why it happened. I didn't say, yes, I've followed procedure. Yes, I've done this. Yes, I've done this. I said, yeah, this happened. What do I need to do about it to make it right? And I tell you, it was so freeing, so freeing. And it turned out that the parent came in the next day, wasn't upset with me, wasn't upset with the way the school had handled it, was actually upset with their child and another child about what had happened. And um, so I just, I was so thankful because when conviction, when we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, Grace is there. Grace is there to overcome. Grace is there to move into something new. Grace is there to walk in the Spirit and to have victory and freedom. What should our response to condemnation be? Call it out for what it is and bring it into the light and rebuke that thing. Our response to conviction, Lord, have your way. Thank you for your grace and strength, I surrender to you. You know, there are three main places that I'd like to talk about this morning. Where we can learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, to know that it is conviction, to know that it's not condemnation that's speaking to us. The first place is in his presence. In his presence. We had that this morning. I heard from God this morning again that he has made me free. He has called me to be free. And all that he has is there for me. It's worship and it's prayer. And that might look different for every person in this room, what that looks like. It's not a formula, but an authentic connection with the Lord daily. And I would, I would go as far as saying moment by moment. The second place to hear is in his word. Learn, read, and learn who God has called you to be. Not just what he wants you to do. The Bible is full of things that encourage us to love our neighbour and to be kind and to, to, to help the lonely, to help the homeless, to help the poor. But it's full of who God's called us to be, to live in righteousness and holiness, to know that we are his children, to know that we're free. Get into your words so you know how God thinks of you. And the third place to hear his voice is in his people. So his presence, his word and his people. We were never meant to do life alone. I heard a quote the other day that rolls off all of our tongues, takes a village to raise a child. Well, I heard a and on that. It takes a village to sustain an adult. I love that. We can't do this on our own. We were never intended to do this on our own. Some of my times of most growth or greatest growth have been in a small group, have been in having coffee with someone who is a little further on in the journey than me. Can I encourage you today with a new year coming up Join a connect group. Sign up for a discipleship group. Sign up for a Life Keys course. Have a regular coffee with someone older in the Lord with the purpose of being discipled. Every one of us, no matter how old we are or how young we are, has the opportunity to disciple others. But no matter where we are in the Lord, we all still need discipling. It goes both ways. We should have someone discipling us. We should be discipling others. It does not stop. This is the way it works in the kingdom. It's not a self-improvement plan, but a growing relationship and understanding who we are called to be. It says this revelation comes, that we truly walk in freedom as we realise that what happened on the day we got saved impacts our daily life, impacts and determines how we live. Our heart is to serve the Lord. Our heart, and, and Scripture talks about it as being a slave to righteousness. But when we are a slave to righteousness, when we are a servant of the, God, of the Lord, we don't actually lose our liberty. We find it to a greater and deeper measure than we could ever have imagined. The other night I was reading um, a devotion. And this is by a woman who is um, a world famous speaker. And I've got to the end of the book and she's just mentioned this now. But if you know her story, you know this. Um when she was younger and she was a Christian she actually had an abortion and the shame that came with that was immense and she kept it hidden for 30 years because of what people would think And I'm mentioning this because this morning, if there's an area where you know you are lacking freedom, where you know that that there might be something hindering you from walking into all that the Lord has for you, there is an answer. Because one day, this woman felt God prompting her to share with a young girl in the same situation. And she started to just talk to her about the girl's options and the, the, it was a pretty distant relationship, she felt the Holy Spirit prompt her to share more. And she did. She told this girl her story. And it opened the floodgate for an impact that this woman would have never, ever considered. She has a worldwide ministry, ministering to young women, who are in the same situation as her. She's helping women deal with the shame of what she went through and what she experienced. If she had continued to keep it hidden, that would never have happened. And she talked about the miracles that came out of her following the leading of the Holy Spirit and being bold enough and brave enough to share her story. And instead of condemnation... From those around her, she found love and acceptance and a whole new level of freedom. We serve a gracious Lord who gave his all for us. And in fact, he knows everything anyway. (laughs) He knows all that we have done. That's why he came to redeem us and to make us whole. If there's something in your life that's holding you back this morning, if as we were singing there there this morning and it came, Hayden actually said there's someone who felt shame came upon them from something in their past. Please don't leave today with that still in your life. You don't have to. There is freedom in the presence of the Lord. Open your heart and total surrender to the Lord. There is no need to hide anything from him or from those that you're building trust with in the family of God. She feel like this is... um, It's a really serious word. It's really... It has the potential to actually make you leave feeling worse than when you came. But it also has the potential to set you gloriously free. And that's determined. How we leave is determined by how we respond. So this morning, I'd love the worship team to come back. I'd love us to sing that song, No Longer Slaves, again. Because it declares that we have been set free. If you need freedom in your life, in any area, If there is a fear that's holding you back. If there's a habit pattern that that you're struggling with, come and surrender it all to the Lord. This is the place of freedom in his presence. We can't do it on our own. We can only do it as we respond and surrender to the Lord. We're called to be free. We're called to be free and it's just an open and honest conversation with the Lord away.